Welcome to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Brian McDonough, and with me today is Dr. Mark Sorelli. He is Chief Medical Officer of Iagnosis, and we have a really interesting show because we're going to be talking about dermatologic issues, but perhaps even more important than that, how now in medicine we have ways to reach out to people and to provide care for them and ideas, diagnoses, all those things in an easy manner. And for a show like Primary Care Today, where we're talking about all our issues and seeing patients, this is probably a wave of the future. So first of all, Mark, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about what you do, your company, and also how you've woven this into your medical career. Because clearly, you're you're someone you went to Jefferson, you trained at the University of Pittsburgh in your residency, you did a lot of the traditional things, but now you've expanded it into what I would say non-traditional ways of providing care. Yeah. So, you know, I've been a practicing dermatologist for over 20 years, and the thing that I've learned very quickly is that people don't have timely access to really the most qualified providers of skin care, and that's dermatologists. So I thought that there had to be a better way. And, and the timing of telemedicine now is really perfectly aligned with technology and also consumer or patient preparedness, meaning people know how to online shop, online bank. So why not offer them online health care? And from a high level, telemedicine is really making the restricted and inaccessible completely unrestricted and accessible. And what we've done at Iagnosis, we were founded in 2010, went to market in late 2012 after two years of development, testing, beta testing. And what we do is we facilitate connecting a patient to a board-certified dermatologist and provide the dermatologist with all of the telemedicine tools to diagnose and counsel a patient using our virtual office platform called Dermatologist.call. So, you know, we started in Pennsylvania, and uh, we're now in uh, 22 states with over 100 doctors in the network. So when you look at that with 100 doctors, you're obviously reaching out. And in primary care, just to kind of take another path, we know we're having a shortage going down the road. Do you see similar types of ways to do this for our primary care patients? You know, there are a number of applications or common conditions that people have that, you know, instead of missing work or taking their kids out of school, that they can use a telemedicine application to receive care. And I think we're seeing that across the country now. Prior to that, the solution was either wait for an in-office appointment or go to an express care center. So, for example, in the field that I practice in, in dermatology, the average or the national waiting time to see a dermatologist is 33 days on average. And what we've done is the average time that it takes a patient to get care through our network is 11 hours. So I also believe that there's also parallels with primary care in offering the same types of services for things like sore throats, headache, abdominal pain, diarrhea. There's lots of different applications that can be used for telemedicine to provide convenience to patients and eliminate the worry factor. You know, it's interesting you mention that, and I really think it's important you mention it because I know my patients, to try to get them into a dermatologist, short of me calling a friend and saying, hey, will you see so-and-so? This is really important. It's an emergent case, and usually doctors will help you in that situation. It is a long time. I, my own children just trying to get appointments. You have to book way ahead. And, yeah, you could pull the physician card or the emergency card, but the reality is if it's a simple problem, something that probably could be talked about over an Internet connection, it could be done. So I wanted to ask you that. How do you do it? Is it? Is it? Are you Skyping? Are you have a high-level camera system? What do you do? 
So in dermatology, there are really two forms of telemedicine. There's called live synchronous, that's cameras on both ends, almost like a Skype connection. And then there's what's called store and forward or asynchronous conferencing. And that's the type 88% of all dermatologists around the country who are doing telemedicine are doing asynchronous conferencing or store and forward. And that's a process where the patient can come in at any time, anywhere, upload their medical information, take digital images of their skin condition, and then send them off to a dermatologist in the network. The dermatologist can then, at their convenience and when time permits in their work schedule, can review the case, attach the diagnosis, provide the counseling information, send the prescriptions, and this is all done on average within 11 hours. So this is the model that works best for dermatology. And, and when you do that now, trying to get patients involved or interested, is this being led by other physicians? Are patients figuring out how do you get the word out? Well, our company has done a number of initiatives to get the word out. Of course, with all the dermatologists in the network, this really acts as an extension of their existing practices, offering a new service to get care or a new access point to care. So it starts generally from each individual practice who joins the network. We also do a variety of different you know, search engine optimization, search engine marketing. We're partnering with other large entities in the healthcare industry. And for example, uh, this past January, we became the first teledermatology platform in the country to be recognized as a covered benefit by the fifth largest insurer, which covers 5.3 million lives in three states, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Delaware. So patients can now use their insurance and pay the same copay that they would normally pay in office online for their office visit. So insurers are now recognizing a new way or a new service called virtual visits. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Brian McTada. I'm speaking with Dr. Mark Sorelli, Chief Medical Officer of Iagnosis. His particular budding idea is dermatologist on call. When you talk about the whole insurance area, that was going to be my next question. I mean, obviously, someone comes into our office, whether it's electronic or whether it's paper, we have our diagnosis codes and we fill these things in. Are these specific codes that are being designed now for telemedicine that you actually have on a billing sheet? Well, our goal was to really keep this simple. And, you know, this whole uh, billing uh, coding system is like the tax code. It's just become, you know, an albatross. And so what we did was establish a single code for a single virtual visit with a single payment. So prior to being recognized as a covered benefit in one select area, it's a direct pay from the patient. So it's a $59 charge. And when you look at the average cost of seeing a dermatologist in office, the average copay now ranges anywhere from $30 to $50. So for an extra $19 to $29, she no longer has to miss work, travel, take their kids out of school. You know all the extra inherent costs that go into seeing a doctor. So it's still valuable to patients because instead of waiting now two to three months in many markets to see a dermatologist, Patients can now literally get care, and even if they had to pay out of pocket for it, there's still a tremendous amount of savings for patients on one hand. The second thing is that patients can also use their health and their health savings and flexible spending accounts to do virtual visits. So in areas where doing a virtual visit with a dermatologist is not a covered service, it's still a great value add for patients to get timely access to a very restricted discipline such as dermatology. Well, I was going to ask that. You know, we're now in the world of ACOs. We're in the world of keeping costs down, those sorts of things. And patients may say, well, wait a minute. I, you know, either I don't want to pay out of pocket. If I go to my hospital, my plan, whatever it would be, it's 
$10, $20, whatever, those patients then would have to make a concerted effort to say, I'm paying a bit more for the convenience of being seen quicker, I guess, right? That's exactly right. And, and, you know, clearly it's been shown with various outcome studies that the most qualified person to do skin care, of course, is a dermatologist. And about 65% of all patients in the country who have skin problems have to go elsewhere for skin care because they don't have access to the, these in-office slots that exist. And what we're trying to do is to really scale a dermatologist's ability to see more patients in a more timely manner and to provide a, a valuable convenience to patients. And what we've historically done is to try to train people to sit at our front desks and listen to patients' problems on the phone and decide what's important to see and what's not. The nice thing about dermatology, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words, and we can simply look at images, that's how we're trained, and make a determination of what can be treated, what cannot be treated, who needs to be triaged to the office. So that's the real value for telemedicine, is to provide really shifting care to the highest quality, but at a lower price point, both for the patient and also for the healthcare system. Now, when you have someone, let's say you've seen them, you can make your diagnosis, you can say, I'm concerned, this is a suspicious mole, you know, I'm worried it's basal cell, whatever. Well, the next step clearly is a biopsy or to make some sort of elliptical incision and get to see if you're right, you know, take care of the specimen. What about that? When you need to get the specimen and you're obviously 300 miles away or whatever, how, what do you then do? Well, direct-to-patient care doing virtual visits is is really more of a local and regional solution. And, of course, in different geographies, that could mean different distances. But what we've learned through our data is that 85% of all visits that come in online can be adequately diagnosed and managed virtually. 15% of visits require some sort of in-office diagnostic or therapeutic procedure, like you had mentioned, a biopsy. In that case, the dermatologist can then offer the patient to come into their office for the procedure or make a referral uh, to a, a, a local doctor in their area to help coordinate the care. So that's how it's done. And taking this, let's say, in a different direction, a primary care physician is listening to this and they're saying, wow, you know, I, I'd like to do this. I do a lot of counseling for my patients. I, I talk to my patients about heart disease and all sorts of things. And what about those types of visits? Do you see this down the road as being practical? And for doctors who are interested, how would they get into learning more about it? Well, clearly one of the best ways for a primary care physician to learn more about telemedicine is to consider becoming a member of the American Telemedicine Association. It is a tremendous organization providing educational information, how-tos, fantastic educational conferences that occur twice yearly around the country. And it's a great resource for those who are interested in offering new services such as telemedicine uh, to learn how to do it. And of course, different state rules apply, but the idea is that this is becoming mainstream Patients are really wanting on-demand care, and we can do that now with technology. You've mentioned that, obviously, you're looking at the short insurance issue and there are some payers. How is this working with Medicare, Medicaid, you know, the blues, groups like that? Are they welcoming this? Are they fighting it? Are they recognizing it? Because, you know, in the past, I know that's been an issue. Well, as you know, that there has been a general shift to what we're calling consumer patient-focused care, so shifting care to the highest quality but at the lowest cost. And clearly, 
payers are now recognizing that telemedicine is an application that can do that. Now, the intent, of course, is not to replace traditional in-office face-to-face encounters, but it's really to give patients an option to voluntarily choose to access care in this manner. That's also an option for providers to voluntarily choose to give care in this option. So as we move forward, payers, employer groups are all looking at this space as a way to reduce costs, to provide consumer choice, unimpeded access to services, and really to now improve patient satisfaction because ultimately patients are the ones who are going to benefit the most with this type of care delivery service. One last question, and this is also again for our primary care audience. One of the things family docs have done forever is call patients back, refill their prescriptions, you know, answer their questions. There's never usually in most cases a charge for that. And a lot of physicians over time, they're getting a bit resentful as the work increases and they're thinking of you know, looking at the patient portal, all those things. And they're thinking of their friends who are attorneys charging whatever the heck they want for the same call. Do right. you see this being a way where maybe people could call and they could get advice for a three-minute phone call, which may have been free, and now there would be a charge, perhaps obviously a smaller than $59 charge, but a charge associated with it. Absolutely, and I, and I think that healthcare providers have historically given away care, and there's a real value attached to the work that we do as providers whenever we look at emails, answer phone calls, refill prescriptions for patients. And telemedicine is also a very intriguing new business model for healthcare providers to be fairly monetized for the work that we're doing. And this is a way now to capture that work value and be paid appropriately for it. Well, Dr. Mark Sorali, I want to thank you. I really want to thank you for joining us on Primary Care today. Well, thank you for the invitation. And for those of you who are listening, this is Dr. Brian McDonough. If you missed any or part of this discussion, please visit reachmd.com slash primary care today to download the podcast and learn more on this series.